0: All right, well, welcome to, yeah, let's put our hands together. Welcome to week five of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're kind of wrapping things up today. Um, and man, I have loved to, uh, like all the texts that you've sent me, the cards that I've seen, uh, all the letters. I have loved to see the spiritual breakthrough that that God is having in your life and how God's speaking to you. Uh, there is. I got a letter this last last week and I won't I won't mention any names but I want to share it with you and hopefully this will encourage you as a church Um, this person said this is my first time fasting I understand that fasting can be one of those things that's like oh okay I don't know what to do this is my first time fasting with that being said the last few years have been financially difficult We've been trying to add on to our home, but keep running into issues that make it hard to continue. I continue to keep a positive attitude, knowing it's God's plan. Of course, when you put your faith in God, the enemy is at play. First, listen to this, our kitchen flooded. Then our oven went out. Then our dryer, and recently our hot water heater flooded half our home. Whoa, okay, okay. Um, This caused us to literally have to rip down walls. As a mom, a woman of the home, it has been beyond stressful. I decided to do something I never do. And that was to reach out for prayers for myself. I am always the first one to pray for others. Yet, I never want to be vulnerable with myself. I love my LifePoint family. And when I finally reached out, I got immediate responses of people praying for me and for my family. Pastor Alex notified me that the church had some materials that they wanted to donate to help fix our walls. Also, the other pastors found someone who wanted to bless me with not only a dryer to replace the broken one, but also a washing machine to go with it. This allows me to bless someone else with mine. I love love that heart. It was at my most weakest moment that I reached out. Not to receive these items that were a blessing, but to receive something far greater. Faith. Faith that no matter what bad thing happened, God has a plan far greater than mine. He just needs me to continue to put my faith in him. I am now more rich spiritually. A wise man of God once told me, that this is, uh, that it's not about the wrapping paper, but about the precious gift inside. So rather than me stressing over the things in, in my home that are restorable, I am blessed that God has provided me a home to restore. Without my vulnerability and fasting and praying, prayer, I wouldn't be able to see the blessings God has given me And for that, I will always be grateful. Man, can we put our hands together for that individual, for Preston? Um, You know, I love, I love our church. Uh, And one of the reasons why I love our church is because of, like, any time, I can sincerely say this, in the last four years that we've been here, any time, any time we put out a need out there, the church rises to the occasion, The the biggest proof of that was when I came to you a few weeks ago and I said, "Hey guys, man, the outside—I mean, it's struggling. The parking lot, the columns, you know, churching's a little bit of touch-up. We're gonna have to raise some money, and it's it's gonna be like seventy-five thousand dollars. And like in my mind, just be just being honest with you, I was gonna I was gonna try to do it this last Christmas. I was gonna do it right before Easter, and then I was going. That's why we got the magnets." Because I wanted to pe- for people to just be upfront, you know, and then I was gonna, I was gonna come back at the end of of next or this year to raise money for the church. And in less than five weeks, the church raised over seventy, about seventy-seven, almost close to seventy-eight thousand dollars. <laughs> And what I love, and it's not about money. So, so if you don't know me, get to know me before you judge me. So it has nothing to do with money. But what I love is whether it's, hey, the church needs some repairs. Or, hey, I need a dryer. Mine broke, broke down. Like, it, it, it's not working anymore. And like, man, and then, we, and then we're struggling with this, and we're struggling with this. And the church, man, it goes, it goes into action. That's why I love this church and so man so glad for for a church that's willing to give above and beyond on your chairs on your chairs we put some mandarin oranges it looks like this actually not we didn't put them on your church we actually passed them out if you're if you don't have one if you don't have one raise your hand we'll bring you one we have volunteers in the back i want everybody to have one of these i'm going to use it as an object lesson all right so ra- we're wrapping up our series we're wrapping up our series so raise your hand real quick we'll pass them to you we need some over here guys um, so just keep your hands up real quick. We need some more guys right over here. There you go. Awesome. Anyone else? Anyone else? So what I want to do is, and you can, you can take it out, and it's fine. Um, we want to do this to make it as memorable as possible, okay? As we wrap up our 21 days of fasting, I want it to do something as a, as a gift, sort of as an anchor, for you to remember how we started the year, which was with, with fasting, okay? Because there's a lot of struggles and obstacles that will come along the way. And I think this season has been a, a season where we can reflect on God's goodness. But I also want to use, and you're more than welcome to eat some while I'm, while I'm preaching, you know, it's all, it's all good. Oh man, these are good. These are so good. So, I wanted, I wanted it to be as memorable as possible, I don't know how a whole lot of churches this morning that they're going to let you eat oranges in the middle of a service, okay? Usually, I used to get in trouble for eating in church, all right? We, do, we don't do church the same way. But I also want to use it as an object lesson for our theme verse for the day, which is Psalm. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Psalm 34, verse 8, and it says this. Pretty sure, Psalm. We're only going to read half of it, Okay? and it's the theme of the day the theme of the day is the goodness of the lord can you guys say those those words with me the goodness of the lord ready let's all say it together the goodness of the lord let's say it one more time say it with energy the goodness of the lord one of the ways in which we experience life is through our taste buds did you know that so as soon as I put a little bit of that orange and uh, mandarin in my mouth, like all my taste buds, you know, they just that's like, ooh, I like this. This tastes really good. Okay, from the moment that, like, the time that you're born, the moment that you're a little baby, have you ever seen a baby? Like everything goes to their mouth, right? I mean, you could be holding a phone, and if you're holding the baby, and they grab and get a hold of that phone, what are they going to do with their phone? They're going to put it in their mouth, right? Everything goes to their mouth. Why? Because one of the ways in which we experience life is through our taste buds, taste buds. They're experiencing their world. Now, I can look at this mandarin orange, and if I had to explain to you what it tastes like, suppose you had never had one. Suppose you had never had an orange before, or any fruit that's even remotely similar to this. It would be really hard for me to, you know, I don't like, how do I explain to them what it feels like, what it tastes like? It would be a lot easier if I said, if I said, hey, just, just take a bite. Just take a bite. Well, it's exactly the same way with the goodness of the Lord. It's really hard to explain And I can try, and I'll do my best today. But if you have never experienced for yourself God's goodness in your life, I don't don't know that there's anything that I can, I mean, I will do my very best, but there's, there's nothing. It's like me trying to describe what this thing tastes like if you've never had a fruit, even remotely close to it. And so I believe that there's a message that God has for you today, and that's this. Just take a bite. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what difficulties you've had to deal with in 2021, 2020. I don't know what 2022 holds in store for you. But I I believe with all of my heart that God has you here. If you're watching online, God has you here. He's capturing your attention and He wants a message to get through to your brain and to your heart and sink into your heart. And it's this just take a bite. Just take a bite. It's one thing for the preacher to, to, um, to, to teach a lesson. It's a whole other whole thing for you to really experience me. And so we're in Psalm 34, verse 8. I'm going to read it. It says Oh, taste. Oh, taste is what we just did, right? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is, help me out, Good. Now, I'm going to read it one more time. This time, I want, you to, I want you to read it with me, okay? And I want you to read it with great enthusiasm, okay? So we're going to read it. Again, all together, Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Is that really true? Is God actually really good all the time? is it good when you're in pain is it good when you're, when you're dealing with, with depression that's captured your heart and you feel like you've been in a hole in a dark vortex and you can't get out and you've been praying and the feelings are still there is it good then what about when, when uh, they tell you it's cancer is, is God really good when it's cancer is it good when you're dealing with the stress of life, with the stress of work? Is, it, is God really good when you find out that the kid, the, the kid that you poured all of your life into, like he's doing drugs? Or he's kind of just gone his way and he's kind of rejecting everything you've taught him. Is God good in those moments when the divorce is finalized? Is he good? Is he good in that, in that moment? Because I don't know about you, but there is moments when I have been in tears there's been moments when I have been so broken on my knees, begging God to to answer my request, and I haven't heard Him. And there's been times when, if, as a pastor, I can can I be can I be vulnerable with you, where I've questioned Him, and I'm like, "Are you even there? I mean, who am I? Who am I kidding? Like, what am I doing? Am I just playing this this little game?" And so, what I want to do today is I want to show you why it's so important to focus on the goodness of God because when you forget about it when you have a a mental lapse and it happens to all of us when you have a mental lapse and you forget about God's goodness even if it's just for a split second there are some horrible things that happen in your life. There's some horrible consequences, negative consequences. And what I want to do today is I want you to get a hold of what those are. I want you to understand what these, these consequences are so you can avoid them, okay? Because I, I really believe this. I, I believe it with all my heart that the stress, the, the most intense stress, think of that time when you went through the most intense stress in your life. The most intense stress that you go through is not because of your circumstances. And I know, I mean, just from looking out, I know, man, some of you, and just knowing your story, I know you've been through some things that it's like, whoa, man, that's rough. That's tough. But I I, I wanna, I dare say that the worst, the most intense stress that you've gone through in life is because you've forgotten about God's goodness. And not necessarily because of the circumstances that you've gone through. So I'm going to give you four, four negative consequences when we forget God's goodness. The first one is this that's on the screen. Number one, I take credit for things that God did for me. All of a sudden, I take, when I forget God's goodness, when I have a mental lapse, I forget some of the things that God has provided for me, and I just take credit for those. So Jesus, he tells a story in Luke chapter 12. Some of you may have heard it. It's, about, it's a story about this man who's a very successful guy. The guy made tons of money, lots of wealth, builds, he has sort of an entrepreneur kind of mindset, sort of a businessman, a go-getter, and the guy builds this, this large business, and, it, man, and he looks at his life, and he's a little proud, you know. he's a little prideful of what he's done, and he's like, man, look at what I've done! Look at my life. Look at all this, the earthly possessions that I've been able to build up. And he had, he had a lot of wealth. And he's like, there's no way. I mean, there's no way that I can ever spend it all. Wouldn't you love to be able to say that, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I have so much money. I just don't know how to spend it. What am I gonna do? And he's like, man, I've done good. And he's patting himself on the back. Jesus is telling a story. And as Jesus tells a story, the guy, Jesus says, has a brilliant idea. I know what I'm gonna do with all my wealth. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna tear down all my barns and I'm gonna build bigger barns so that I can store all of my stuff there. And then Jesus says, God looks at this man and he says, you fool. Tonight, you're gonna be, you're you're dying. Tonight you're dying. Now, if I asked you to think of the worst possible sin that you could ever commit... I want you to think of like the worst, and I know we're not supposed to categorize sins and all of that stuff. But just play along with me for a moment. If I if I ask you to just come up with like the worst thing as human beings that we can do, the worst sin out there, what what is that one sin that you would say? Man, some of you may say, man, I don't know, some sort of sexual sin, you know, uh, rape. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty bad. Like that's got to be at the top of the list. Some of you say, man, murder probably's got to be there. Betrayal. Some of you say, man, I've seen some people who are really greedy and they manipulate and they control and they try to get ahead and do this they do that and they don't care about anybody else they're just all about themselves and that's pretty bad but when I when I read God's word if we weren't supposed to if we we're supposed to put everything in categories I can't think of a, a worse sin than pride and ingratitude If you think about it it's what got Satan kicked out of heaven right pride and in gratitude and in actually in, um, in Luke in Acts, excuse me, chapter 12 verse 21 like, look on the screen look at what God says one day King Herod put yourself like in the text for a minute one day King Herod put on his royal robes he sat on his throne watch this and he delivered a public address to the people, okay? So you get the picture. This guy, he's a king. He's got authority. Puts on his, his, his robe, his royal robe, and he sits, he sits on the throne, and he delivers a public address to everybody. Verse 22, they shouted, the people, the people that are listening to the speech, okay? They shouted, this is the voice of God, not of a man. They're like there is no way they, they're listening. His his speech was so eloquent that their conclusion, the people's conclusion, when they hear his speech, is like this guy. He's not even human. This is a god. This is so good. I mean, we cannot believe it. Look at the next verse. Instantly, immediately, an angel of the Lord struck Herod with a sickness because he accepted. Watch this, the people's worship instead of giving the glory to God. Watch this. And he and so he was consumed with worms and died. People say the Bible is born. The Bible's not boring. You're boring. Like you haven't read. I mean, you gotta read it. Like stories like this. Can you believe? Like God strikes him dead, and it says that he was consumed with worms and he died. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. He, God did not take his life because he was immoral. He didn't take his life because he was greedy. Took his life because he was prideful and ungrateful. Somebody said, the problem with a self-made man is that he worships his maker. I have built this business with my own hands, with my bare hands. Oh, really? Who, who gave you those hands? Oh, okay. Okay, got it. Yeah. Oh, i thought of this idea, man. I got an idea. I'm a genius. Like, we're going to, man, this is going to take us so far. And you're not know, oh, really? You're a genius? Who, who gave you your mind? Oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Man, if it wasn't for me, you know, we would not be where we are. I mean, the, the reason why we've, we've, I've taken us to where we are is because with the sweat of my brow, like, man, it, it's taking hard work. Oh, really? Who gave you your sweat? And you see like everything that you have everything that I have we owe to him. And so you could not take the very next breath that you're you're I'm taking mine right now. You could not take your very next breath if it wasn't for the goodness of God. Amen. Everything that you have is because he's given it to you. Your freedom it's because of his goodness, your thoughts, your sight, the ability to hear, the ability to receive the words, process them, think, you know, process it, process them in your mind, think about it, kind of come up with a conclusion. Everything that you can do, every movement, every time you blink, every time you breathe, every, every beat of your heart, everything is because of his goodness. I, I was, um, so I, I was watching this documentary. It was really cool. They were saying our bodies are so advanced that when when you're doing something repetitive, like your body knows, it learns certain, beha- certain behaviors, okay? And they were talking about like if you're trying to get in shape, like a year ago I was trying to, uh, I was going to... Uh, uh, tyler state park because it's got heels so i was doing a race and i was trying to do some some heels because i hate doing heels and so like mondays wednesdays fridays i was doing heels and what this this documentary was saying is that if you're doing something repetitive like that your body it's so advanced that it, it knows ahead of time and it'll adjust accordingly and so they were saying like if your body knows that you're going to, to you're going to work out on Monday or Wednesday or whatever your body tells your heart to, 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 to raise even in anticipation even before you start the workout and so you get to the hill you, you get on the treadmill and your heart is already starting to beat faster even though you haven't done the exercise just yet now, let me ask you who told your heart to do that? well God tells us in 1 Corinthians if you look at it it's on the screen what do you have that God hasn't given you it's a rhetorical question what do you have that God hasn't no no nothing you, everything you have God's given you and it says and if everything you have is from God then why boast as though it were not a gift then if you if everything you have is from, from God then why do you brag about the stuff that you do good why do you like hey, I mean look at me you're right everything is a gift in James chapter 1, James 1, 17, says this. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. God blesses you with with health. God blesses you, man, you got a bonus at work that you got a raise. You got, you know, somebody call you and it was a good conversation. The Bible says everything, every good and perfect gift comes from above, comes down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. And so what happens when I forget God's goodness in my life? Well, I begin to take credit for the things, the good things that are happening, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, look at me, you know, I'm doing pretty good, I can handle it. Number two, I stop asking for help, I stop asking God for help, you know, and that's, that's a big problem, because I begin to depend on myself. When, when you know that God is good, you know that He's eager to, to help you, you just know it man God wants to help me when you forget about his goodness all of a sudden guess what happens you start depending on yourself that's like man God's giving me success in this business giving me success in this area he's giving me success over here and all of a sudden if you forget God's goodness you begin to think oh you know what I don't need any more help from him I'm just doing really good and you begin to depend on yourself you begin to rely on on your strength and the talents that he's given you in the first place over 20 times 20 to, over 20 times in the new testament god commands you to ask him something it's an imperative command it's not like it's not like well if you want if you think about it you can you can no 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 over 20 times in the new testament god will say ask and it will be do you know it say ask and it will be given Seek, and you will find. Imperative commands. Oh, no, no, if you want, you may, you know, it's an option, you don't have to, but if you want, you can ask. No, no, God says, I want you to ask. If you ask, it'll be given. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, you know what? The door will be, it'll be open. Some of you, you don't have because you don't ask. And so we serve a God who loves, who loves to please you, who loves to give good gifts to you. But you know what happens? A lot of times, if you're like me, we save our request, and we say, you know what? I, I am, I'm gonna give God just the big things, right? I'm gonna keep the small stuff to myself. I'm only, you know, he's busy, you know, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna save the, just the big request, the small stuff. I'll just keep to, those to myself, and the, no, not a big deal. But you know what? Everything, is small to God. Let, let that sink in for a moment. Everything, everything you ask him, regardless of how big it is to you, everything is small to him. And so he says, you know, what I want you is to bring your request. Man, you lost your car keys? Ask me. Man, you're dealing with divorce ask me you're dealing with a child that's rebelling ask me you're dealing with something minor that just happened you can't find that piece of paper that you need for work ask me ask me to over 20 times god says says that in the imperative form jesus puts it like this luke 11 what father among you if his son asks for a fish will instead of a fish give him a serpent like, it makes sense, right? Like, it, like, nobody's gonna do that. What mom, if her daughter asks for something, an egg or whatever, what mom is gonna give her son a, a, a snake, a scorpion? Like, that, that's, that's ludicrous. Nobody says that. In the next verse, he says, if you, being imperfect parents, know how to give good gifts, how much more will your heavenly father give you if you ask him? And so a lot of times we don't do it because we forget about how good he is. And sometimes in my own life, I don't ask because there's usually a waiting period, right? Every time you ask God for something, there's usually a little bit of a waiting period. Sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's shorter. It's, it's, it's for the most part, in my experience... As a Jesus follower, the times that I've come to the Lord and said, Lord, I really need you to come through for me in this. There's times when I've fasted and I've prayed for things, and there's usually a waiting period. You know why? Because God is not this cosmic vending machine. God is not like, he's not like you put in a dollar, you know, punch in eight, ten, and here, here comes whatever you want. Like it doesn't work like that like you don't you don't just just say your prayer request punch in a number and then god gives you what you want there's usually a little bit of a waiting period because god wants you to grow god imagine if if god gave you everything that you ever wanted to immediately like instantaneously you'd be some of the most selfish people in the world right think about it man whatever i want boom god gives me you know you would be some of the most self-centered people in the world right And so God says, there are times when I I let you just hold on. It's it's not a no. It's a not yet. I'm just I'm just waiting a little bit because I want you to grow up. It's like when your kids, when your kid comes to you, if you have if you have kid and uh, and they say, oh, uh, can we go to the park? And you say, yes, but but not now. We'll go this afternoon. And they throw a fit. What do you call that? That's called immaturity. So when you ask something of the Lord. And if, if he doesn't give it to you right away, what God is wanting you to do is he's wanting you to keep going. He wants you to grow. He wants you to understand. Look, it's coming. It's just, it's a matter of timing. Every child has to learn the difference between no and not yet. And immaturity, immaturity is when the child asks for the request, parent says yes, but not now, and they throw a fit. That's immaturity. In the same way it is spiritually in your life and in my Life And so when something has been delayed, it does not mean that you have been denied. You hear me? Delay does not mean denial. It's just that God wants you to grow up a little bit more. Look at how David prays. Psalm 69, verse 16. Let's put it on the screen. This is how David prays. He says, answer me, Lord. He's going through something difficult. right? Answer me, Lord. You can almost sense, like, the intensity of his prayer. God, I need you to answer me, like, right now. Lord, answer me, Lord. And then he says these words. Out of the goodness, there's our word, of your love. Man, I'm so thankful for that verse. Out of the goodness of my love? No, 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 no. Out of the goodness of your love because what happens often is we think that god works the way we work and so if we're behaving if we're man if we're like on track and we got our little list man i just attend the church i'm tithing i'm serving check 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 man i'm doing really good you know like god here's what i want and then we expect Him to give it to us now the flip side is also true right Man, I'm like I am. I am failing miserably. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this or whatever. And then the lie from the enemy is, "You're not good." The reason why you're dealing with what you're dealing with is because you're not good. Look at your life, not good. You know, you're. This is not good. what you expect God to say something to you after everything that you you've done. Like, are you kidding me? And so in our minds, there's always that little checklist. Oh, I did this, I did that, I did up oh, good, I'm good No, 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 no Let's put the verse up again Psalm 69, 16 Answer me, Lord Out of the goodness of whose love? His love, right? His love Your love, God And so when, when David prays He understands that it's his goodness It's God's goodness Thank goodness it's not my goodness God is even good to bad people Do you know that? Really? How is that possible? Yeah, God is good even to bad people. You know, he says, Jesus says that God causes the sun to rise on those who are evil as well as those who are good. He says, says that he sends the rain to the righteous as well as the unrighteous. Bad people are breathing the air that you and I are breathing. And so sometimes even though they ignore him, They still enjoy His creation. They enjoy the the warmth of the sun, the benefits of the rain. So what happens when I forget? What happens when I have a mental lapse and I have a moment where I forget God's goodness? Well, number one is I take credit for the things that God has done for me. I begin to say, oh, look at me, look at me, look at me. Number two, I stop asking for help because, man, I got success. I've done this one. I've done that one. I'm really talented in this area. So I'm just gonna rely on myself. I've forgotten God's goodness. Number three, I stop trusting God in difficult times. I stop trusting God in difficult times. I stop trusting God in difficult times. When you're hyper-aware of god's goodness you intuitively don't miss this when you're hyper aware you got to be focused of god's goodness you know intuitively you know that the struggles of today are producing the strength that you're going to need tomorrow Did, did that make sense it's not that life is going to be good and perfect and, and roses and, you know, you gave your life to Jesus. So everything is good. You know, no more problems. No, no, no. That's a lie. You will still go through difficulties. You will still go through struggles. You will still have the pain of, of life and the difficulties. But when you know in your heart, in your mind, and it's not like, like oh, the preacher said. It's, it's like you know and like, in your heart experientially you know that he is good when you know that and you have it in your brain and it sinks into your heart then you know the struggles of today man they're gonna they're building up my stamina for tomorrow they're producing the strength that I'm gonna need tomorrow does that make sense? hello? anybody there? <laughs> two more minutes and we'll be done romans 5 3 god says it like this we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials i'm going to ask our worship team to get get on on stage we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials if you're like me i'm reading this and i'm like hitting the brakes er, hold on what do you mean rejoice when i'm no i don't rejoice when i'm for we know that they can help us those trials can help us develop endurance. So, endurance develops strength of character. If you read the next verse, character strengthens us in our confidence. And so even in bad times, God is good. He has a good purpose for me. I don't. I may not understand it, I may not, you know, but he's got a good plan, he's got a good reason. I've been through some things before. I was actually thinking, this last week, I was thinking of some really bad stuff that I went through about 10 years ago, and at the time, I didn't understand. I was bitter, uh, different state, different place, but I, I was so bitter in my heart that it took me two years to actually forget, forgive some of the people that, that hurt me deeply, and I, I look back and, you know, hindsight is a, it's such a beautiful thing because I can look back and I can see those last 10 years, and that time, 10 years ago, and I can say, oh, man, yeah, I see what God taught me through that. And I see what I learned through that situation. And that wasn't good. I don't want to go through that again. No way. But God, because of that thing, then this is what I learned. And this is, God, thank you. You're so good. And that's, that was my response. Not even thinking about the message. It was just me kind of in the Lord. And I was, God, thank you. Yes, 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 yes. I see it. I see that that the, str- the the struggles of yesterday really helped me today and I've learned a couple of things because of them. God says this. God says He says we know that in everything, watch this, Romans 8:28, we know that in everything in everything God works for good for those who love him. It doesn't mean it does not not doesn't mean that everything in your life is going to be good let me read the verse and we know that in everything God works for the good of those who love him so not in not everything that happens in your life is going to be good that's not what the verse is saying what the verse is saying is that God can actually bring good out of some of the even some of the stuff that's bad we serve a God who's so big that yes you can give him your biggest problems and he can he's he's working to bring good out of the out of your future plans. And so I'm going to kind of wrap it up. Here's a last, last point. When I forget God's goodness, I become pessimistic about the future. Have you ever met somebody that man whatever you tell them it's always negative? You know, it's just like whatever happen whatever's going to happen it's it's going to be negative. and they're always they're always there. They have a, a negative outlook on life. Write this down if you're taking notes. A negative outlook, outlook never leads to a positive life. A negative outlook never leads to a positive life. And so David says his prayer. It's 27, Psalm 27, verse 13. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the, there's our word, goodness of the Lord in the, li- in the land of the living. David says I would have been ruined my life would have been over I would have been destroyed unless I had believed in the goodness of life and when you go through difficult times the greater stress is not the circumstance it's that you've had a glitch in your system and you've forgotten that at the end of the day, he is so good to you. And you know how I can prove that to you? Here's how I'll prove it. Look back. The greater the distance, the, more, the better perspective. Look back. Look back five years ago. Look back 10 years ago. Look back and you'll see if God provided or not. I've never, I've never had someone come to me and say, man, 10 years ago, God didn't provide. Nobody, nobody ever has said anything like that to me. In the struggle, I've had plenty of people, it's like, I don't know where God is. I've said it myself. But with the, with the benefit of hindsight, nobody's ever said that to me. I would have despaired. Unless I had believed in the goodness of God. Let me just, I know I'm over my time. Let me just say, just a couple, just a side note. I'm going to land this thing. Okay, just a a side note. I think, I want to share this because I, I feel like it needs to be clear. Believing in the goodness of God is not a denial of reality. You hear me? Believing in the goodness of God is not necessarily a denial of reality. Because some people, they're always... There are people that it's like, everything's good, everything, nothing bad's ever going to happen, you know, everything, no big deal, and they just go through life oblivious. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not talking about blind faith, I'm not talking about wishful thinking. Believing in the goodness of God is an unwavering expectation that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. Believing in the goodness of God is taking a bite. Oh, man. My throat has been hurting a little bit. You know, it's been dried up. I guess allergies or whatever. I put that in. So good. So good. I can't help you understand his goodness unless you yourself experience it. And so I don't know Maybe you're dealing with an impossible boss, and they're a jerk. Maybe you're you're a, you have a financial setback, and you're like Pastor Alex, I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this one. Maybe you're you're dealing with an annoying relative. Anybody dealing with annoying relatives? We're talking about you, those of you who don't have your hands raised. Just joking, dad joke. Sorry. I'm dealing with a painful breakup, or an irritating. Inconvenience, I hate those too. You know, you have your plans, you got your thing, and all of a sudden something happens. A crushing disappointment. But you know that you serve a good God. And so even a negative situation still holds potential to produce positive purpose. And so David, he prays, I would have been despaired. But instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait on the Lord. Psalm 27:14. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to take courage. I'm going to rise up to the occasion. I'm gonna. I'm going to. I'm not gonna get in a hurry. I'm gonna take the questions which are there and I'm gonna put them in second place. I'm gonna take the doubts. But yep, I've been there. I get it. I'm. I'm with you. Okay. I'm your friend. Like I'm. Like I want to be your spiritual cheerleader. There's been plenty of times when I've. When it's been like God, but this and this and why? Like I've dedicated all my life to you. Why would you allow this? And it's like and the questions just seem to rise to the top. What David says is, look, I would have been. Destroyed if it wasn't for his goodness, and so instead I'm gonna wait on him. I'm gonna take courage. I'm gonna put my questions in second place. And he says, Psalm 34:8, and I'm gonna taste. I'm gonna say it. Say it, church. I'm gonna, I'm gonna taste, say it, say it one more time. I'm gonna taste. taste. I'm gonna taste how good he is I'm going to ask everybody to stand up we're going to sing a song it's a new song to our church pay attention to the line that says your goodness runs after me I love that line let's pray for him so everybody stand in heads bowed and eyes closed God you are so good Lord, we don't deserve your goodness, Lord. God, the truth is, we would not be alive today if it wasn't for your goodness. We would not be able to take the very next breath. And so, God, our our hearts would not have their next beat if it wasn't for your goodness. God, forgive us for ungratefulness. God, forgive us for prideful self-centeredness god and i'm i'm not pointing fingers you know that i'm speaking about me lord my own heart forgive us lord when we think oh i did it all look at me look at me i'm so good and we run through life without depending on you without running things by you god help us to be mindful of how good you are not just to hear another lesson but to truly experience you in a personal way, in a unique way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.